When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Dripping in sex appeal. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I love the pecking order. With, with Harrigan out, James Murphy's in. <laughs> That's actually James on the on the mic there. Yeah, that was me. Good job. Yeah, he's been honing his rooster impression. Oh, wow. oh that's strong. That's pretty that's good. That's a dude. strong rooster right there, James. Thank you. So uh, this is our weekly packing order, and it's an ode to Lance Lynn. Really, I can't believe. Honestly, I didn't think they would get an L screen for Lance Lynn, and they wind up getting two breathing Yankees I'm youngish not players. You. Including their starting first baseman from the first uh, month and a half of the season, Tyler Austin. I'm not kidding you. A Yankees scout, the Yankees scout saw that, that performance against the Sox last Friday and thought, we'll give him something. I feel like that's a very Terry Ryan era twins way of scouting somebody. Hey, uh, Jason Kubel, Justin Morneau, hey, let's get the left-handed hairs in here. What do you think of Dusty Hughes? You faced him four times. Oh, yeah, ball's really, really hidden coming out of his hand. All right, let's sign him. Hey, Good for right. good for Falvin, man. You know what though? Good for them. It's it's not a bad buy low for the Yankees because Lance Lynn has pitched in huge games every year, but this year has been mostly really really good for him. This was just uh, a terrible experience. For let him me just say let me just say this about Lance Lynn. I don't think the young man's demeanor fits New York. He's a he's a Saint Louis. Know. He loves yeah. Saint Louis. He hated being shifted out of St. Louis to Minnesota. Yeah. And now he's going to go to a city where they'll boo you for, you know. He, first of all, his games are going to take five hours to pitch. <laughs> Second of all, he's miserable and he walks too many guys. I, I think the Yankees aren't necessarily probably the best fit for his uh, for his personality. Yeah, that's probably... I, 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 I'm, I, I'm going to hold withhold judgment and see if Lance Lynn can pull some old uh, September and October tricks out of his But He is. I saw a video. He's shaving his beard because of Yankees' facial hair policies. He should just leave a mustache. Lance Lynn and a mustache giving up six earned in three and two-thirds. That would not be a good So look. this pecking order is going to be our most disappointing Minnesota sports acquisitions. Yep. So the key word here is disappointing, meaning there. this is how I interpreted it. There had to have been expectations of some kind when this player was signed. Oh, yeah, my list is full of that. Okay. Yeah, so like... Just Free for, agent signings or trades. So I didn't put Kevin Correa on the list because... No. Yeah, like, no When he signed, it was like, why are they signing Kevin Correa? And, right. and partially because I like it when our lists are different to a certain degree. And I struggled here because there have just been so many bad drafts, but not necessarily signings all, all the time. I left off the wolves entirely because wow. I'm willing to bet you didn't. No, I, I there's I have one wolf actually, and, and I one have wolf. so many wild problems 
And by that, I do mean the hockey team problems. Who goes first here? That I decided to go mainly Twins, Vikings, and Wild. Go ahead. All right. This is mostly a Twins list, I'm not going to lie. They're, the, they're just the lowest hanging fruit for this category. <laughs> it's in honor of Lance Lynn. And so. I'm putting Lance Lynn number 10 on the list. Because okay. he came in, if you look at his numbers, I get it was National League, and most of it was pre-Tommy John surgery, but he had a decent comeback season with St. Louis last year. Some of the peripherals showed some control issues, and those lingered over into Minnesota. But you figure, man, this guy, two years after TJ surgery, career ERA in the mid-threes, postseason experience, World Series credibility, at worst, he's going to be just a solid back end of the rotation guy. And he helped shipwreck your season out of the gate in April. Yep, And he's been terrible over the last month as well. So Lance Lynn's number 10. Um... Number nine might be a little controversial. Actually, I feel like he doesn't fit the spirit of the list. I put Mike Pelfrey number nine, but now that I think about it, no, does not fit the. He doesn't fit the list, right? Because he's okay. So I'll just I'll I'll think of another twin here off the top of my head. I didn't expect a damn thing from anybody else. Well, I'll come I'll come back if I have to add somebody. Number eight, Danny Heatley. 12 goals in 76 games in his final year of that contract. Yeah, he fits. He was decent the first year, but but it was a three year contract. And he was a big time. That's a guy who at one point I think scored 50 plus goals oh, for yeah. like Atlanta or something early in his career. 1507. Yep. There it is. So, like, you thought, all right, he, maybe he's not going to be that guy, but Danny Heatley is going to come in here and add a little jolt to this wild, stagnant we, offense, right? We thought sniper. No. The only thing he was Has sniping been. was snacks from the, buf- the post game buffet. Uh, number seven, Matt Caps. And I say that because. He was the final piece to your 2010 puzzle, right? You gave up I like a it. franchise starting catcher to land him. Yep. And Matt Caps was going to be the exclamation point on a Joe Nathanless bullpen. And as it turns out, from July 31st all the way through the, the three game sweep of the Yankees, he never needed him. You didn't need him to win the division because he won the division by like six games. And see, so, well, okay, we got to the playoffs, didn't really need him. But now you're going to, all right, Yankees, you're going to need him late. And you got whacked in all three games. <laughs> I don't even think he pitched. He might have pitched in like the third game or something when they were down six to nothing and Brian Dunsing started. So Matt Caps because you never needed him. He didn't do anything for you. That's and then you were irrelevant the next year. Perfect so. one, yes. Uh, number six on my list. These are most disappointing Minnesota sports acquisitions. Number six on my list, Tom Thibodeau. Mm. Bottom five defensive team. I only thought about this in terms of players, but yes, you could. You could go with Tibbs. All kinds of internal strife. I mean, everything is everything reported is Jimmy Butler doesn't like the young players, and uh, and Tom Thibodeau is still coaching the team that shoots the fewest threes in the league. And so, I don't know if any other coach could have come in here and done any worse. You have this collection of talent. He deserves credit for bringing Jimmy Butler in, but. Let's be honest. Most coaches could have coached 46 wins out of this collection and a, basically a play-in game for game 82. All right. So Tom Thibodeau makes my list. Number five, Ricky Nolasco. And he makes my list not because we had grandiose expectations, but this is a guy who pitched really well in a contract year, had five or six pitches in his repertoire, mm-hmm. threw 92, 93 miles an hour, and signed one of the bigger free agent contracts of that offseason. Mm-hmm. And he was absolutely awful for the entire contract. He was a bad clubhouse guy. He was, I mean, there we, we've heard stories about him like snubbing 
Twins community events and things like that. Like oh, he was just he was a an, moron. Yes, yeah, just an all around bad apple in that clubhouse. A bad guy and a dumb guy, and that's a bad combination in life. And you paid him like fifty million dollars, and then you paid him some money to go away, and it was it was a disaster. All yep. right, so he's number five. Yep. Again, this is a very Twins centric list. Number four, Tony Batista. And you might say, well, wait a second. We didn't have expectations for him. We did. Go Think back to the 2006 season. So the last... The stance, right? The yeah, weird stance. The wide open stance. Yeah. He bounced around to different teams, but he was one of the best power hitters in the major leagues. So he had the 2004 season. Um, so the Twins signed him in 2006. He played overseas in 2005. So the last time we saw him in the big leagues was two years prior in 2004, and the guy hit 32 homers and drove in 110 for Montreal. Mm-hmm. And he gave you nothing. Mm-hmm. So not not even like 20 bombs, not even just a bunch How of strikeouts old was and bombs. when he got here? Like 31. Okay. Not that I old. I don't recall 32. expecting much, that old. but all right. Yeah, or, I mean, that's, I don't know, maybe there was some controversy. I, but he was he was like 32. Don't your list. All right. Number three on my list. Yep. You're gonna. I don't think you're gonna agree with this one, Irvin Santana. And I say that because this is his fourth year with the Twins. Mm-hmm. The first year, 80 game steroid suspension, so a lost year, and he wouldn't have been eligible for the postseason. Mm-hmm. This has been a lost season. So basically, two lost seasons out of four, mm-hmm. and then the one year where they did make a run, he gets absolutely destroyed by the Yankees lineup and has to leave the game after like three innings. It was just an absolute no show in the biggest game. In recent Twins history, I agree he he can belong. I might put him lower, but yeah, there's there's been disappointment. He, he's I'm way sorry. Up there. I'm sorry when you sign and get pinched immediately for half a season. Yeah, that can get you on this list. Yeah, and he's it's not so, on mine. So but. I think people are going to remember. Oh, he's but he's been pretty good in the regular season, and he has been pretty good for a couple regular seasons. But he's missed so many games due to steroid suspension and injury, and then in the most important game, he no shows it. So, but he can smell baseball. Don't forget that he can smell baseball. Yes. Number two on my miss, most disappointing Minnesota sports acquisitions list, Herschel Walker. Now, that trade didn't shipwreck the franchise like most people like to go back and think. They, they made the playoffs a bunch in the 90s. And, you know, did the Cowboys get a nice boost? Absolutely. Did the Vikings go in the toilet like the Cleveland Browns? No, like they were fine. But Herschel Walker didn't give you nearly as much as you wanted from him. He was supposed to be the final piece to a Super Bowl puzzle. And you wind up being uh, sort of a mid-pack team in the NFL. And number one, without any hesitation, is Siyoshi Nishioka. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because not only did you sign him to be your starting shortstop for like three years, but you gave away J.J. Hardy for nothing, basically. And he goes on and hits 30 home runs with the Baltimore Orioles the next year because they found Mr. Miyagi, apparently, to fix his wrist. And this was going so, to be the Twins' first big foray into that, that market, right? They were finally, the Twins were finally making a move. They were going to spend a $5.3 million in a posting fee to get a player who was going to help you. You see what he's done? He couldn't in, play shortstop. Have you seen what he's done in Japan since going back, by the way? Have you followed any of his career? I, I have uh, disassociated myself as thoroughly as I can from Siyoshi. Well, let me reacquaint you with Siyoshi Nishioka. So he's 34 years. His birthday was actually early this week, so happy birthday, a cigarette Siyoshi Nishioka. To him. A Marlboro Light <laughs> to him. <laughs> So he has, uh, he's been back in Japan for, this is his sixth season back in Japan. Uh, he only played 18 games for the Hanshin Tigers because he was hitting 152 with no extra base hits this year. Yeah. He hasn't hit a home run in Japan since 2015. That's right. A guy who hit 13, 14, 11 home runs, a bunch of doubles. Yep. 
And he's not even like that old, right? 32, 33. He goes to the major leagues and has been completely mind bleeped, even going back to Japan. This was a guy who was one of the best players in Japan the year before and he's he left. Still on and the he's roster, huh? absolutely mind bleeped. I think they might have cut him. Okay. He batted 228 last year in 100 plate appearances. So, uh, Siyoshi Nishioka as a part time player in Japan, it's, it's, it's been a good run. The, the fact that he didn't realize that in the big leagues, guys would actually slide into second base to break up a double play is one of the most astounding right. things in sports I've ever seen. Yeah, Nick Swisher. Yeah. His leg. I didn't realize he'd try and break up the double play. So Nishioka, it's a very twins-heavy list. Nishioka, Herschel Walker, Irvin Santana, Tony Batista, Ricky Nolasco, Tom Thibodeau, Matt Caps, Danny Heatley, Mike Pelfrey, and Lance Lynn. All right. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of guys. And hopefully you'll go... Including uh, many who wore skates. Okay, you'll clear some of those up when we come back to the TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Right now. On 1500 ESPN. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Packing order time. <laughs> I was working on it during the break. That's pretty good. Better? Yeah. Oh, you did a heck of a job then. You have to use throat lozenges after you're done? No, I'm, I'm 100% legit. Why would I need that? It's loose lips, right? That's right. the key to it? <laughs> Just loose lips? Well, he can even do the noise while finishing sentences. That's right, crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Getting help from Max. That's oh, the key. Yeah. Intern Max. Very quietly helping him out. Or not so quietly. Well, yes, exactly. All right, run through your list. All right, so these are most, this is the the Lance Lynn tribute segments here that we're doing. Most disappointing acquisitions, so trade or free agent. And disappointing meaning there were expectations of some kind when when the the player was acquired. So uh, my list was Siyoshi Nishioka, number one, Herschel Walker, number two, Irvin Santana, number three, Tony Batista, number four, because two years before that he had 32 bombs and 110 ribs and then played overseas. So the last time we saw him in the majors, this guy had big time power numbers, did nothing with the twins. Ricky Nolasco, five, Tom Thibodeau, six, Matt Cap seven, Danny Heatley, eight, nine is vacant because I put I put Pelfrey on, but there were no expectations for Pelfrey. And uh, number 10 is Lance Lynn. Although they did re-sign him, you know which I still don't understand to this day. I'm going to swap Pelfrey out for Logan Morrison. We thought, Lomo, oh, man, yeah, like Lomo. La- launch angle Lomo, baby. <laughs> yeah, Guy fixed his swing, 38 bombs last year, so I'll, I'll put Lomo on the list. Now today you would take uh, some firewood for him. Maybe they can if get you some. you could get that. Uh, by the way, according to Doogie and Jerry Krasnick from ESPN, both saying the Dozier trade market is picking up steam this morning. They have less than five hours to trade Brian Dozier, but Jerry Krasnick says... A deal looks increasingly likely. I think it's only fair to trade him. He's so unhappy by this point. And, you know, if, if he truly believes the stuff he's spouting about the team trading away, guys, and it's not, you know what, just cut the cord. Yeah. And if you get a couple things for him, that's fine. Unless, unless you really want him back and are going to qualify him, which I w- would not do, I don't see any compelling case to keep him. Yeah. He's going right. to leave, so. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I I'd, I'd like to know what the offers are to see if they're just like getting a tin can in return. Because I actually think the more I think about it, he might be so vindictive. He might even take less money with another team and turn down your qualifying offer because he just he seems like he might be that kind of a guy. But then they, they would have to give up a draft pick and then they might say, we don't want to do that. Who knows? Well, let's get to your, pe- your Lance right. Lynn tribute pecking order. Okay, now, now I have 11 names on my list because this is very important. Number one to me is so far and away one, I'm not going to list him. I'm going to name my entire pecking order after him. This is my Herschel Walker tribute list of unhappy, 
athletes or guys who failed, free agents or trades, who we had expectations for, okay? Okay. So I'm naming it the Herschel Walker, Judd Zolgad, these players bleep the bed, pecking order. Number 10, Ricky Nolasco. <laughs> Ricky Nolasco, um, I can't stand him to this day. And it was it was almost like the Twins said to themselves, well, we, we haven't really dipped it in the market and spent yet. We got this money, so let's go spend it on somebody. Hey, let's throw a dart against this board. Hey, it landed on Ricky Nolasco's so, name. So here's the in fairness, because he's on my list and he's higher up on my list. But the in fairness to Ricky Nolasco, twin, I, I don't fault them for signing him. Because if you looked at his career, so they have what's called... Expected ERA or fielding independent ERA. Yep. And he had a bunch of years in Florida where his actual ERA was like four and a half. One year it was five. But his expected ERA was in the mid threes, which told you, man, they're just like, they're not defending well behind him or there's maybe there's some ballpark issues. Sorry. And then his last year in the National League, he had a three and a half ERA and was actually one of the better pitchers in the National League. And he's 30 years old. And he figured, okay, now he's figured it out. Went to the Dodgers for a while. I don't fault them for signing him. But, Ex- yeah. Except when you sat down with that numb skull and said, Ricky, what do you think about life? Muscle cars. I just said, you know what, dude? Now nah, this ain't going to work. You're an idiot. What happened to him, by the way? Because he has not pitched in the major leagues. Uh, he was, well, he was traded to the Angels, right? They took, they, yeah. they, they made the Alex Meyer trade, and I have no idea from there. And I think he was on the market uh, during the winter. Oh, yeah. Okay. He joined the, uh, and the Ro- signed. He joined the Royals on a minor league deal in March, and, oh, then, they, and, that, and then they cut him, and yeah. he's just been out of baseball. So he's got his cars. Good for him. Number 10, Ricky Nolasco. Number nine. Same guy as you had from the Wild, Danny Heatley. You get him for Martin Havlett, and I believe it was on July the fourth, two thousand and eleven. And you thought to yourself, "Man, this guy's going to come in and he scored some goals, and he's a he played for the Badgers, and he's gone." No, he was terrible. He couldn't skate. He was he he was basically yeah. as slow as you could possibly be. He had nothing left. It Recognizable was, name is like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, Marty. Havlett, I'll get my okay. Heatley jersey, and he'll turn out to be awful. So Danny Heatley. Is number nine on my list. Number eight on my list, another wild player who came here in a big trade with Buffalo and he was going to save the day. And then he got a contract extension too, and now he's back at Buffalo. Jason Pominville. The best thing I can say about him is nice guy. Seemed <laughs> nice like guy. a really nice, nice guy. But, but uh, the, the expected contributions were never there, and it, it's on Chuck Fletcher. I don't get why he was signed to a contract extension, which was a five-year contract extension with a year already left on his deal, so it became tantamount to a six-year contract. Uh, Jason Pominville is number eight on my list. Yeah. Number seven, we start with the posting fees, but we don't start with Nishioka. Byung-ho oh, Park, wow. tw- $12.8 million. You would think the second bite at the apple, right? On posting fees, this is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to go and we're going to explore territories that twins have never explored before. But we did learn our lesson the first time. No, you didn't. Byung-ho Park had a really good spring, and, and the new administration still said he can't play here. So... He is number seven. So I'm struggling here. I don't see any KBO stats for him in 2018. I wonder what happened. Really? Or maybe they just don't update during the season. I, can't I thought he was I back for sure. I, I did too. Can't find him. That's interesting. Maybe they've wrecked two guys psychologically to the point where they can't even go back to their old league and perform anymore. It's just like over. Wow, that's surprising. Okay. Interesting. Number six on, on my list, the guy who inspired this list, Lance Lynn. It wasn't so much that he was bad, because he was bad, but it, it wasn't so much that, 
But when you bring being miserable to new heights, that seals it for me. I mean, Lance Lynn looked miserable at every single turn, including last night when he's like, yeah, it'll be exciting to go to the Yankees. And um, I mean, dude, you're alive. Be happy. Is it possible he just doesn't like playing baseball? He's like really good at it, and he's made a living at it for <laughs> 10 years. not that good at it anymore. But yeah, I don't know what his problem is. No, I mean relative to the yeah, to the rest of the general public. Like baseball has been his thing for a decade, and he's just... Would rather be doing. He'd rather be. He'd rather be an accountant. And by the he's way, he's just miserable being a baseball player. And by the way, if if the first portion of your career was really that great, no offense, but it was in St. Louis. Like if I got traded from to if I came here from New York or something, I might see being like you know I like the big town and this isn't as big a town. But you were in St. Louis. Minneapolis yeah, is, is an upgrade. Odd. I could see, yeah, if, if you're Ricky Nolasco and you're an L.A. guy and uh, the Twins are the only team that offered me a contract and I have to be in this cold weather for yeah. April. and Okay, but you're right. It's Yeah, it's not like you're going from Miami to Minnesota. You and, went from St. Louis to Minnesota. And your home starts at, at Bush were in the humidity beyond belief. You're a fat guy. Guys like me, we like it here. It's more comfortable to pitch in. <laughs> Number five on my list, and now we're getting to the heart of this one. And really, uh, two through five, I could I could put in a blender and and juggle and be fine with. But number five on my list, I thought he might make yours because I complained so much about this guy, Thomas Vanek. Nineteen million, three years. He's coming home. He's going to score goals, and he gets bought out. And another guy, another guy, I, I'm convinced to this day that the wife said, we're going home. And he said, oh, okay. Because he always looked miserable here, too, as well. Yeah, that was weird. I, he I'm, never looked like he enjoyed it. I'm actually shocked that that didn't work out a little more favorably. You, you thought there was going to be at least a little bit of substance there. And now right? he just bounces around. He went from here. He got traded to, what, Detroit? Or, or went, uh, I'm sorry, got bought out, went to Detroit. Yeah. Then he went to Vancouver. And then he went to Columbus. And I think he played for the Panthers and the Canucks. So he is now the definition of a journeyman. Number four on my list. 2008, $42 million, 16 guaranteed, six years, and even Lindsey Whalen couldn't stand him. Bernard Berrien. Okay. Bernard Berrien, who was another, he was miserable, but it wasn't because he, he was here. It, it was just his personality. Bernard Berrien was, he had the one or he had the one plus, I think one plus decent year. Yep. But it all fell off the table. The first year was worth Favre it. Favre couldn't stand him. He he, went, he was miserable. He went for uh, almost a thousand yards in that first year, and a career high seven touchdowns. But the rest of the contract was not favorable for the Vikings. Number three in my they disappointed or they were just horse bleep list. Nishioka, five point three million dollar posting fee, a three year nine point two five million dollar contract in two thousand ten, and he was so bad that he ended up forfeiting and giving you money back. <laughs> just I, like who does that? I want to go away. Yeah, I'd rather just go home. But in that sport, name me <laughs> how many guys have returned cash because uh, it's so bad. It's hilarious. It's pretty funny. Number two from my not my childhood, but my teenage years has to be the only guy from St. Louis who was more unhappy to be here than Lance Lynn, Tommy Her. You trade World Series team. You trade Brunanski who had been very solid and very good and, and hit a ton of home runs for you and loved it. And you finally get a second baseman. And that team, that franchise at that time, was searching for that position. They get Tommy here and they think, okay, 
We don't necessarily want Trey Bernanski, but we're all set, right? Mm-hmm. Tommy, her cries on the plane coming here. Like literally, honest to God, yes, he did. <laughs> he cried coming here. He he spent the rest of a, was it a was miserable it a, year here. Was it a private flight or was he crying in front of? I think other he was people crying on a commercial flight. Oh my goodness, I'll never forget. I picked up the Star Tribune sports page a Saturday morning in April that year and saw that trade. I'm like, what? You imagine sitting next to a guy sobbing and you ask, dude, are you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> They're gonna play for the Twins, <laughs> but they just won a World Series. <laughs> I know. The, uh, okay, so Tommy Hurt is number two on my list. Number one atop my Herschel Walker list. $34 million. $10.5 million in bonuses. A six-year contract that, of course, was never close to being fulfilled in 2005. He was going to change the outlook of the Minnesota Vikings secondary. Oh, Fred Smoot? Fred Smoot. <laughs> oh, Fred, Fred Smoot. That's a great one. He was. That's a great one. You were. You talk such a good game, and and you will leave. You will forever be known for one thing: the love boat. Coordinating. In fact, it's the thing that you're most proud of. That's the incredible thing. So Fred Smoot Fred is one. Smoot. So on, on my Herschel Walker list, it goes Smoot, Tommy Her, Nishioka, Bernard Berry, and Thomas Vanek. And then six through ten, Lance Lynn, Young Hole Park, Jason Pominville, nice guy, Danny Heatley, and Ricky Nolasco. Oof. That was therapeutic right there, baby. That was good. Friends. You call it the Herschel Walker list, I call it the Lance Lynn list. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to call it. Guys who hated being here or acted like they did. We'll keep sprinkling in hot stove stuff. I see some Chris Archer rumors percolating right now with four and a half hours until the trade deadline. That's an interesting one. James Murphy has some stuff we should know about next. What's uh, what's your favorite thing we're going to get to next? Yeah, you guys aren't sick about talking about the National Anthem, NFL, all that stuff, right? Oh, I love talking about it. Yeah, well, there's actually, a lo- I actually I actually could talk about that for five hours. Right, there's a local angle, so we'll, we'll take a look at that. Cool. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's one of the funniest things that ever happened in sports. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. What Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackey and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. All right, James Murphy. Big shoes to fill with Dave out. Huge shoes. Such Huge. big. No, they literally, he has like size 13 feet. Yeah, just they're big shoes. Yeah. You know what that means. Big He's socks. not that good. He's big just socks, that big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, I brought that on myself. <laughs> well, like I mentioned, uh, we, I'm sure you guys are tired of the national anthem bit. It's been bare, just, just ran into the ground over the last couple of months. NFL recently came out with their, their policy on it about a month ago. And we've heard a lot from Jerry Jones on that. And I, I, jo- I saw that yesterday they were actually urging him to just stop talking about it. Just, Jerry, just stop talking about it. And so he had to cancel interviews that he had with, with Dallas sports talk stations where they wanted him to come on and, and give his two cents about it. He had to cancel the interviews because he, he was not able to talk about it, according to the NFL. But um, Vikings owner Mark Wilf weighed in on the situation yesterday. This is what he had to say. The main thing we're going to do, we met with our players, our coaches, and our ownership together, and we're going to do whatever we do, we're going to do it as a team and work together to do constructive things in society and the community. And uh, like I said, we're encouraged that on the NFL level, ownership and, and uh, players are having a constructive conversation. 
So not really, you know, coming out one way or the other, but just more on the side of conversation. Yeah. Um, is this gonna go away? Do you think the NFL is gonna change what they're saying? Just because I, I, yeah, I feel like they're gonna do that. I do too, and I'm glad the Vikings. I think I know where Mike Zimmer stands on this. I think that you know the Wolves would rather not alienate fifty percent of their audience. So I, I, so I know that the Vikings would rather players not protest during the national anthem. But I'm glad they haven't come out like. Or like stories haven't leaked out like some of these other organizations where they're going to rule with an ironclad fist. This is this is not a dictatorship and a and a bunch of servants here, NFL owners and players. It's a partnership. It's a it's a literal partnership with a union and a collective bargaining agreement, and they need to work together to find something that satisfies all parties. Unless at some point you want to burn the bridge and take advantage of the relationship to the point where the best players in the world are no longer playing for you, like. So have those constructive conversations, and it shouldn't have taken a come-to-Jesus situation to figure that out. The most important thing that they are going to have to face is this. You cannot be intimidated by Trump's tweets. That's the biggest thing. They've, they've got to tell them, listen, listen, Donald, you got some problems, okay? You handle those, we'll take care of this. Because their, their biggest problem is every time he tweets, they react to it, they got to stop. They've got to stop doing that and say, we are doing our best. To resolve this in the best way possible, but every time, but he, he's going to continue to go back to, to that tweet because people love it, mm-hmm. and they're just going to have to distance themselves and accept that. Little lighter subject, boys. Don't you hate it when you're like out of town at a bar, or restaurant, you want to watch the local game, but they don't have it because they don't have the specific package, or they just, you know, there, there's some reason you can't watch it. Well, an Illinois man was uh, facing that exact situation. He was actually visiting Wisconsin, but he was a big Arizona Wildcat fan. And so the bar he was at in Wisconsin didn't have the Pac-12 network that they were playing on. So he thought the best route to take was to make 11 calls to charter and pose as a restaurant employee to add the Pac-12 network to the the restaurant's cable package. Wow. So the restaurant uh, is paying extra for this, right? And and he he had a, he had to call. The reason he had to call so many times was because they they required information. But eventually he got it to where they didn't need something, or it was some employee that just That's let genius. it go. That's right. Genius. Here's the thing. He's now facing charges for felony identity theft yeah. for financial gain <laughs> and uh, unauthorized use of an entity's identifying information. Whoops. Maximum penalty for that, six years in prison. Wow. So uh, I think totally worth it for a, for a Wildcats game in December. It was a big game. Yeah. You know, some, some college fans might say that it is totally worth it. I bet there's a lot of Alabama fans. Like, I'll... Well, I, I just have to go to jail for five or six years. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> got to watch. Got to watch. Coach Saban says that's fine. Roll Tide. Woo! Roll Tide. That's Le- awesome. LeBron James was interviewed by uh, ESPN's Rachel Nichols, where he talked uh, a lot about his platform, race relations uh, in the country and the president. We know where LeBron stands on that. I think everyone pretty much appreciates uh, that he that he does speak his mind on issues because a lot of like the top level guys like. When he gets compared to Jordan, Jordan would never talk about that. That was that was one thing that he steered away from. But that's not what I'm. That's not what I want to bring up. Rachel brought up the Lakers' outlook for next year, and LeBron seemed confident with the players that they added. We just got guys who love to play basketball. At the end of the day, um, you know, guys that love to play ball and love, and that's what they do every single day. Um, 
I love that. And bringing Lance and JaVale and, and Bees and Rondo, uh, guys that just every day they wake up, they think about the game of basketball. Is he serious? Oh, yeah, he's dead serious. Yeah. Hey, listen, he dragged that Cleveland team up and down the court, right? Like, this whole dismissing of of this team now and being like, well, he can't win, that's absolutely asinine to to me. If you look at what he's done, like to just say, well, look at Beasley and everything. Okay, yeah, it's not the final product that he's going to have eventually, and it might not be the ideal team. But look at the crap that he won with in Cleveland. He can win here. Yeah, he's well, but but it's not going to be this roster in a year from now anyway. They're going to... They're either going to sign Kawhi Leonard or somebody else. He's going to have another Max-type superstar player. And if they do it right, they might be able to keep Kuzma and Brandon Ingram, and those guys are going to keep evolving and add a Kawhi Leonard. So I think the smartest part about this from a legacy perspective, aside from the fact that he gets to live in Los Angeles and run his businesses, he takes all the pressure off himself to win a title for this year. It's been like eight straight years of got to win a title, got to win a title, got to win a title. And now everyone's like, oh, we can't win a title with that team. Yeah. And so he can kind of slow cook his way into one or two championships in a year or two or three years from now to end his career. So if he winds up with, he's got three right now. Let's say he winds up with four or five championships, including reviving a Lakers franchise that hasn't won one in a decade. And also winning one with the Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers being irrelevant their entire history outside of him. Like He's got things on his resume in five years from now that some of these other guys don't have. So And he takes the pressure off this year. Yeah. Go win 50 games and get bounced in the second round and then go add Kawhi Leonard and do it in a year from It'll now. be impressive, though, still. <laughs> Plus, honestly, Michael Beasley's just one of my favorite players. I, Dude, I, I, yeah, it's going to be huge Beasley. Fan. Michael Beasley ignoring the uh, Kurt Rambis and who are some of the other coaches? Rick Adelman huddles in order to eat Skittles and watch Kiss Cam at Target Center was one of my favorite things. <laughs> 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 uh, J- <laughs> Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, uh, he's carrying the banner for red meat over chicken, and I can't wait to tell you why. You guys remember uh, the the old Michigan quarterback Wilton Spade? Not he, kind of. Yeah, he, he was he was like last couple years okay. he was there. Okay, he's yeah. a grad transfer UCLA quarterback this year. But what he had to say about about Harbaugh was that he urged his players not to eat chicken because it's a nervous bird. And he said he thinks it's some kind of sickness injected into the human population when people eat white meat instead of beef or pork. Is is Harbaugh going more and more nutso? Is, is that what's going on here? He's always been nuts. There's just more media coverage of it now. He's always been goofy, <laughs> but I swear it's trending more and more in a weird direction. I like, just, I'm sure he believes that. I remember some of the interviews that he had in San Francisco. You you couldn't even like take it seriously because of some of the stuff he'd bring up. Mm-hmm. Well, but, what meats does he recommend people eat if they want to be tough? He said he said red meat, bison, so beef, and pork is what he said. Yeah, okay. On, so, bu- so buffalo and bison and and cow. Yeah, and he, cow. It's it's that, and then on top of it, like bringing in Ric Flair for the. What have the uh, I forget what that was. It was a like a like a a hype ceremony or yeah. something, and they had Ric Flair come in. I saw Rick. So Ric Flair almost died like a year and a half or two years yeah. ago. Maybe it was last year. It was, he just yeah. posted a video on his Instagram of him deadlifting like four massive plates on each end of the barbell. Can't keep him down. He's he's back. He looks like a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's he's incredible. That's uh, that's all I got. All right, James Murphy with some stuff we should know about. Let's come back with a little hot stove update here. There's all kinds of stuff with four hours and change until the trade deadline. Some new Brian Dozier steam coming out. 
Bryce Harper. We have we have an update on whether Bryce Harper is going to go somewhere or not. At the top of the hour, our NFL stability rankings are the Vikings in our top five. And then Jason Stark will join in about 45 minutes. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You go low, I'll go high. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Let's, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna open up the old MLB feed here on my Twitter account. Oh, I just, just got just happened now too. Wait, wait, perfect wait. Perfect timing. Hold you got perfect timing. What happened? Which trade are you talking about? The Brad Ziegler trade. Oh, okay. The Marlins. <laughs> the Marlins. Oh, the big one. The Marlins. Oh, the big. The Bryce Harper trade that's Ooh-wee. not gonna happen. The Bryce Harper trade that was. So much fun to talk about last night. Do you have details night. on the Brad Ziegler trade for us? I'll get those for you in a second. That was breaking. Patiently. That was breaking as I read it wow. off the off the Twitter machine. It was developing last segment. From various now it's sources. Now it's breaking. I love today, by the way. I love today. It is fun. You know, it's, this this is the type of day or week that baseball needs in the offseason. Yes. Because this is actually, this is meaningful. This is what's happening. This is what you want pre-Christmas. Yeah, you want I don't know that we've we've gone into that a million times, but if you just had some week of frenetic activity, mm-hmm. much like the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. All right, so here are uh, some of the little little headlines we can throw out from just following various major league baseball reporters. Bryce Harper is staying put today. It looks like the Nationals spent the last couple of days trying to shop him around, seeing what they can get for him. Uh, he's going to be a free agent after the season's over and might sign a three hundred plus million dollar contract. But Bryce Harper is reportedly staying put with the Nationals. The Twins are shopping Brian Dozier, as they have been for the better part of two years. <laughs> I was going to say, going back to the Dodgers talks. But according to Jerry Krasnick and our guy Doogie, uh, talks are heating up this morning. And Jerry Krasnick says a deal looks increasingly more likely, but he didn't say who or what kind well, of who's left. Uh, players are going to be involved. Kipnis is having a bad year. Not, not that Dozier's been great, but Cleveland certainly could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Red Sox, I would imagine, are completely out now that they uh, got Ian Kinsler from the Angels last night. So the market for Dozier, if there is one, and unless unless the Twins... Is there a chance that the Twins would go back to the Brewers now and take what, what the Brewers would give them? The Brewers got Mustakis on Friday night, and they were going to move their third baseman then to second base. But then I saw a subsequent report saying, but they also might play Mustakis at second, which I don't think they're going to do. That would be weird. I wonder if they if they would create more bench depth possibly by uh, by making a trade for Dozier that isn't near what the Twins originally thought they might get. Well, from you're them. the one who loves pitchers hitting in the National League. If they had a DH spot, then none of this would matter. Purest, DH. purest type of baseball there so is is played in the senior circuit, Phil Mackey. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, there's speculation on Indians. There was speculation on Dozier to Red Sox until they landed Ian Kinsler last night. That went down. Uh, here's one more. The, the other big name out there, Chris Archer, who has three years left on his contract after this year, and it's all very team-friendly. He's only like 29 or 30 years old, but... Jim Bowden and others are saying it does appear that Chris Archer will be traded today. And he would be, if Bryce Harper doesn't get traded, then Chris Archer, I would think, would be the biggest name traded today. The Braves and Brewers are grinding to get him right now, according to Bowden. Dodgers, Yankees, Padres, A's, Indians, Cubs, and Cardinals 
have also been mentioned as having had conversations about him with the Rays. Interesting. No twins mentioned there, which is a little surprising if, if the twins had conversations in the offseason and they're open to acquiring, you know, uh, future team control guys like Chris Archer has all that time left in his contract. I would yep. think that they'd at least be on the phone. Maybe they have been and they're just not listed in this particular report. You but said Padres, like, right? Uh, yeah, Padres are on that list. Yes. Okay. I would like, yeah, I, I would, uh, I would definitely call Tampa back and, uh, you know what I would say to Tampa? I would say to Tampa, turn on your TV tonight and look at, uh, Miguel Sano. He's really trimmed down. Yeah, especially when he turns sideways. He's really can, trimmed can down. Hardly see him anymore. Hey, I saw him last He's night. He's hiding behind the foul. I, I saw Miguel in the clubhouse last night and I'm going to go approach the, the twins myself t- uh, today and say, send me to Fort Myers for two weeks, please. <laughs> I'm going to come back. Just, he lean. was down there for six weeks though. Right? Well, Okay, I'll go down there for three weeks. I'm just saying he looks really good. The problem is he still is swinging up really bad. He still does not have the plate discipline one would like to see consistently. Yeah. This is not a rip on Roy Smalley because Roy Smalley is – this is not a rip on Roy Smalley. But he tweeted last night, Miguel, those are the three best at-bats or the or like three consecutive great at-bats for the first time in however long for Miguel Sano. Think about this. That dude's been in the major leagues for four years or parts of four years. Mm-hmm. And we're literally complimenting him on having three decent at bats in one game. That's the point we are with him. Like, oh, oh yeah, no, steps. yeah, he had three good at bats. No, in that, one game. that's where that's oh, where that's we're awesome. at. And I'm not ripping Roy because no. I agree with Roy. I just told you that he looks like he's in good shape or in decent shape. We're in the middle of the baseball yeah. season. You're not supposed to have to go spend multiple weeks at the t- at the team's spring training home to get in okay, good shape. Let me ask so you this: about, Let me ask you this. Put your GM hat on here, uh, Judd Levine, or Derek Judley. We'll I just gotta you. look up big words if you're going to do that to me. Let's say Miguel Sano, because they're not going to they're not going to trade him today. They're not. I highly doubt that anything would happen until the off season. Let's say he spends the next two months just raking. Okay. Let's say he hits, you know, he hits uh, 275, 300, cuts back on the strikeouts, and hits a bunch of bombs between now and the end of the season. All right. So he builds that stock back up, and he starts to look more and more like the player that. The Twins thought they had here for the last few years. Yep. What do you do with that this offseason? Do you say, all right, he's our third baseman for the next couple of years, and then if we have to move him to first at some point, but this is the guy that we thought we were developing and cultivating, and all right, we just, just took a little detour there, but now he's back. Sure. Or do you cash in on some perceived high value and trade him somewhere else and well, wish him luck with another organization? Well, you're you're asking me to make this judgment not knowing what he's like truly, but my perception of him is is he's going to fall back throughout his career into habits that, that you don't like to see, i.e. trying to eat way too much. Uh, so if I was the GM, I'd trade him. If I get pitching for him, I'd trade him. If I, I think that what you've done now is send him a wake-up call, but there's some people that get that, that wake-up call and then it changes their direction sort of in life. And then mm-hmm. there's some people that, that get it and they're great for two months or three months and then they start to lapse back into what they previously did, which is my fear with him. Mm-hmm. So if I was the GM and I, and I had a guy that got hot and I said to myself, okay, there's a value back here that's been missing, i trade him for pitching. I would too. I don't think he's ever going to be this all-encompassing great hitter that we thought, okay, this guy has a chance to be a triple crown threat, batting average. He's got a chance to power everything. I think he's a power hitter. 
I think he's a corner yeah. guy. He's a DH first base power hitter. And that's the that's the point though. And if some other organization thinks he's more than that, I would take advantage this offseason. Yeah. I would just I, I wouldn't just trade him for nothing. I you have to get something substantive back in return, but I would I would sell high on him. If I thought that he could stay at third base for five years, I keep him. But mm-hmm. I don't. And he made a great play last night. He made a great running play uh, in, I think, foul territory left field side. He made a fantastic play. But guess what? A year from now, I have no confidence that that weight won't all be back on and that he'll he'll be playing for first base. So, yeah, if I saw a future for him at third base... I probably would say I'm going to keep him, but I don't. Also worth noting here, uh, one of the guys the Twins got back in this Lance Lynn trade, we mentioned him earlier in the show, Tyler Austin. He's 26 years old. He'll be 27 in September, so he's not a kid anymore. But he's you know he's not not a grandpa. He's he still has a few years of. I'd say he's got like five years of prime left in him. And he was a former 13th round pick by the Yankees. I believe he was a high school kid. This is like eight to ten years ago. And he came up through their system, made mm-hmm. his debut in 2016, mm-hmm. and um, and took care of double-A, triple-A pitching in 2016 to the clip of a 916 OPS, a 392 on base percentage. He had 52 extra base hits in 50 games, so he, he conquered double-A AA and triple-A. And he's kind of bounced up and down between the Yankees and, uh, and their triple-A affiliate. And he was their starting first baseman when Greg Burb was out for the first month and a half of this year. A lot of strikeouts in the major leagues, but there's some power there. He plays first base. You can put him in the corner outfield spot. He's right-handed. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a sign either for, for Joe Maurer's departure officially or that they're buying insurance on Miguel Sano. I think it's I think it's interesting that they brought him in as a guy who's not like an A-ball developmental first baseman, but a guy who's going to be on the major league and roster Morrison's next gone year. And for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like I he's think gonna, it's he, the second one. He's at AAA right now, but he'll be up in September and maybe even before that, and he's going to be on the roster next year, you would think. I can't get a read on Joe at, at all at this point, but I think you're definitely right. I think there, I think the confidence in Sano internally is almost nil. Like, I don't think it, it exists. I think they are... I think they're hoping for the best, but they don't even know because he's going. Because mm-hmm. look, the season's going to end, right? He's going to leave. You can't keep him here, and you don't know how the hell he's going to look by January. So, I'd say that that you're definitely right on the second one. That this is insurance for for the fact that they don't know what Miguel is going to do. The Mauer topic, I think, is interesting because I cannot get a read on that one. A few uh, a month ago, I thought I think he might retire. I'm I'm not sure now, and and he this last trip was fantastic. So, but I think you're pro- probably right, and yeah, he's 26. It's a good pickup. I just I'll go back to the point of with the direction that this year has gone. I think these trades are very smart, and, and I'm I'm having trouble. I get people being frustrated, but I'm having trouble grasping why at this point there's there's frustration about these deals. Like mm-hmm. if you look at the standings and where you're at and the wild card unlike a year ago is gone, you're not mm-hmm. going to catch that. Um I get why I get why you don't like how the season is gone, but if I was to tell you in April this is how it's going to go, I I would also say okay, the smartest thing that you can possibly do around the deadline then is turn around and move everything possible and much of it's not anchored down. I'm sort of excited I I I'm excited to see what the package is for Chris Archer, just so we can do a twins package comparison. Like that sounded really not the way I wanted it to come out. A twins no. package comparison. No, it didn't. I think you know what I meant. I do know what you sounded. meant as and as an adult, I appreciate it. 
The 12-year-old side of me is giggling hysterically right like, now. I want to see, okay, the uh, the Brewers gave up this, this, and this for Chris Archer. Should the Twins have pulled the trigger? If the Padres get him, if a team like the Padres get get him, will you be more critical of the Twins for not doing it? You mean a team that's not winning this year yeah, but making but, a long play? Yeah, because it's a good long play move. It depends on what they give up. All right. He's a good pitcher. I'm not going to give up Royce Lewis for him. I'd have to see what the package is. Max Kepler package? Well, yeah, right now. Yeah. With a pat, with more. Yeah. Obviously. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll tell you if Brian Dozier gets dealt between now and the end of our show. Trade deadline in four hours and two minutes. Four hours and two minutes. When we come back, we kicked around this topic yesterday a little bit. We've made our official list. Do the Vikings fall on the NFL stability top five rankings or bottom five? I doubt if they're in the bottom five, but we've got our NFL stability ranking here. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've heard to date. On 1500 ESPN.